0: Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio.
1: And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you, along with Donna Kaufman. We'll take calls with Donna next hour. Donna, back to a little bit about Dr. Uh, Cyril Wecht. Uh, He uh, co-wrote a book with uh, Charlie Bosworth, Jr., my friend from St. Louis, on the John Bonet Ramsey case. That was a tragic case. You've looked at that one, too, haven't
0: you? Yes, Dr. Weft and um, Mr. Bosworth's book uh, is called Who Killed Jean-Benet Ramsey? And it, for my money, it is the ultimate book on the case because it discusses the medical evidence. And if you don't understand that, you, un- you don't understand the case and why she was killed, the whole reason behind why she was killed. So please read that. It's, it's still in print. And I worked on that case from, um, the boy, the minute I first saw those videos of her dancing and this little uh, seemingly adult child who at that point was, um, just, her body had just been discovered in the basement of her parents' uh, house and um, they had not been, they, they had been questioned but uh, there was a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of problems with the case. And so no arrests were made. And uh, so I was assigned uh, with the tabloids to write about this case. And I wrote over the next several years, well, I I don't know, about a thousand cases, uh, um, hundreds and hundreds of stories. And so I know that case really well and i think about her she was six years old in 1996 at christmas she would be 29 years old now and i'm haunted by what would have happened had she lived she wanted to be a veterinarian she had goals she wanted to be a a violinist she was a talented person like her mother she might have gone into beauty pageants and her mother patsy was uh, a runner-up for um the Miss America Pageant uh, out of West Virginia, uh, so who knows what would have happened had she not been cut down by the evil person who killed her so um, that case gets to me, and a lot of the cases get to me uh, i 'm haunted by birthdays, death days, wondering what they 'd be like now oh today so and so this is the the day when the body was found oh this is when Lacey peterson 's body washed ashore, and then. Two days later, Connor, her unborn baby, who would be 17 years old now, his body washed ashore. Mm-hmm. So I worked on that case, too. And uh, Scott Peterson, who killed his wife, an unborn child, is now in San Quentin on death row, although we're not executing people these days.
1: In, the Cali- in California. In
0: California. And he there's a window on death row that overlooks the San Francisco Bay, where he dumped their bodies. So, um, you know, enjoy the view there, Scott. You're never going to see anything else.
1: I go to Boulder once a month to do some Beyond Belief television shows, Donna, and we got to get you up there for one of them. Oh, but, yes. But, yes. I, but I had the driver one day uh, drive me past the house that Jean Ramsey was killed in. Right. And, yeah. and I've got to tell you, it is the creepiest, eeriest feeling. It's, I guess it's since been sold. A few times, yes. And, and, you know, we were just out there. I I didn't even want him to stop. I just said, I I just, you know, I'm here. I'm here in Boulder. It's a new story that I'm very interested in. Uh, Let's drive by the house. And it was just a very sad situation. Just driving by was sad.
0: Yes. Heartbreaking, and then of course all the—if you know the case at all—the the restaurants where the family ate, and where she went to school, and and then I I, I did that, and also uh, they're all originally from um, uh, a different state, uh, so I would go there as well. And she's buried in Georgia, um, so you know it's there's a lot of memories around uh, in my mind about Jean Benet and all the. People that I write about um, some of them hit me harder than others
1: your first book was called a question of murder and that was about what you say mass murder during Hurricane Katrina tell us a little bit about
0: that well speaking of bad memories the Dorian footage makes me think of this case
1: exactly
0: because, uh, this was 2005 August for a week 50 levies broke in New Orleans Uh, 110-degree temperatures, 80% of the city was flooded. The sanctuary was considered Memorial Medical Center, which was in the Broadmoor area. Uh, Outside, water was eight feet deep. There was a lot of looting. So there were 2,000 people thinking, okay, well, we'll just wait out the storm inside this brick hospital, eight floors of safety. And uh, there were patients, there were medical personnel, friends, pets, Um, Fresh water, lots of fresh water there in uh, bottles, um, lots of food. And then the power went out. And because the generator was on the second floor, that went out. So no elevators, toilets overflowed, no cell phones, no computers. The metal skeleton creaked like it was the Titanic. Tenant Healthcare, which owned the place, said, okay, we're going to rooftop evacuate people. But because they were having to navigate this, uh, these stairs uh, in this heat and stepping over, you know, dead bodies, uh, they could only get twenty-five people a day out. Uh, and at that point, there was a doctor who was a cancer doctor on, uh, in the hospital. Her name was Anna Maria Poe. She was forty-nine years old. She and two nurses were seen by another doctor and plenty of other people going from bed to bed to bed and uh, told, just involuntarily euthanize these people, Jeez. viable patients. And the doctor, uh, one of the doctors said, what are you doing? You can't do He saw syringes in her hand. He, she told him, okay, uh, we're uh, putting morphine and Versed. We're putting these people to sleep. And he said, You can't do that. It's murder. And she said, Well, if you don't like it, go, leave. So he did, but he talked to me. And uh, in in all, 34 victims were killed. Now, the reason she thought she and Tenant Healthcare thought they could get away with it is because they thought no one is going to be able to get back into the hospital uh, to find these bodies. They'll be skeletonized in a couple weeks. So there will be no trace of the medicine. Well, guess what? The Attorney General did get in, and his investigators found uh, and put together a team of five experts, including Dr. Cyril Wecht and four other amazing experts who all did individual testing and discovered that the Versed and morphine were not part of the protocols of these patients, who maybe had cancer, maybe had this illness, that illness, but they were all viable. None of them had uh, those medicines on their list of things they should have been taking. So the nurses and doctor were arrested. The two nurses said, we'll testify against her. And then something happened. Two things happened. The doctor put together a $2 million media campaign to say, oh, I, poor me, you know, I was just looking out for these patients.
1: This was, this it was, was her like, money? Like. Her money?
0: No, there was uh, health care money ah. to help her. Uh, and the, then the local DA said, I'm not going to prosecute. Now, you know, in any other n- normal state, you have a DA that says, I can't prosecute this. You go to the attorney general. New uh, Louisiana is upside down because the local DA is the final say in a case. And that guy said, I'm not prosecuting. So she got off scot-free. But I got to all of the families before they signed NDAs, non-disclosure agreements, and took checks to buy their silence. So our book is the only one where you will read what really happened. And it's so chilling. But there's no statute of limitations on murder. If some district attorney in New Orleans ever grows a pair and decides to, uh, you know, file charges against this evil doctor who is still there practicing her trade, Cyril Weck will testify against her, as will the other experts.
1: How about the bizarre case of the little girl, uh, Kaylee Anthony, who was found dead back in, uh, what was it, 2008?
0: Yes, that one And was, her mother was acquitted.
1: Uh, her mother was acquitted.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, that's our, from our second book, From Crime Scene to Courtroom. Kaylee Anthony was two, almost three, when she died in 2007. Her mother, Casey, was found negligent and uh, found guilty of lying to authorities. She waited 31 days to say, my daughter's been missing. Kaylee who I think about all the time because I worked on that case uh uh, uh around the clock would be 14 today she would probably ha- she had loving grandparents she had people who cared about her uh what she had was a very very selfish mother and uh devil may care kind of uh the- she became the world's most hated person the trial was turbulent so was the outcome the jury found uh, her um, not guilty of homicide. Um, she blamed everything on her father, which was unfortunate. She's still estranged from her family yes. today. Uh, and she, 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 she
1: accused him of molesting her and everything else.
0: Yeah. Well, right? it's just a complete lie, complete horrible lie. And um, I feel for the parents, but the mother stood by her, and it's just a, a crazy. Case, from beginning to end, when you realize what the evidence shows happened to that child, how she was put in a trunk, given chloroform to knock her out, and then driven around until she died, and then disposed of in a swamp.
1: Why didn't the trunk of Casey's mother smell like a dead body? Yes.
0: The mother said that on her 911 call to, uh, said, It smells like a dead body in here. And uh, so, they, you know, they had her dead rights. They had uh, all sorts of uh, internet searches about how do you kill someone with chloroform, chloroform. And the mother, taking one for her daughter, said, Oh, yeah, I did those searches. Well, you know, the, she stood by her daughter. Blood is thicker than water, except when it comes to your granddaughter who should be walking around today, uh she was worth saving, your daughter not so much.
1: You know, back to the Vegas shooter uh Stephen Paddock. Mm-hmm. They still never came up with a motive in this case, did they?
0: Well, you know,
1: um
0: not to my not to my um opinion and I read all of the uh reports none of which mention the uh Las Vegas, the McLaren airport, and the Janet planes that he tried to blow up because he was shooting at the gigantic gas tanks, like 200-gallon gas gas tanks, right where all those uh, government planes are, are. That's just completely glossed over. So, but well, when you have somebody who wounds or kills up to five hundred people, the biggest uh, massacre in uh, what was that? number? No, fifty-seven
1: history. dead, something like yeah, that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he was a—he was definitely a screwball. And
1: um, but nobody know, really saw that, did they?
0: I, I say that again. Nobody
1: really saw that in him. Did they?
0: Well, he was, people didn't like him. He was a very um, difficult guy to get along with. Even his brothers will say that. Even his girlfriend will say that. Um, But uh, he wasn't uh, like a drooling meanie like you see with some of
1: these 21-year-old guys. You You wonder, though, Donna, what's the switch? What's the trigger that makes them flip the way they did? I mean... Because I bet pe- if people were going to bet money in Vegas mm-hmm. on Stephen Paddock being a mass murderer, they would have lost money on that because they would have said, no, he's not going to kill people.
0: Well, And speaking of losing money, uh, losing money, I think, was a major uh, uh, problem in his life because he had had a successful uh, business and owning apartment buildings with his mother and he... he but, he was addicted to video poker. So people say, well, he was a professional gambler. No, he wasn't. He wasn't someone who would sit in a circle of high rollers and play poker. He was somebody who would sit in front of a machine and uh, play video
1: poker. by himself.
0: Yeah, so it was almost a hypnotic kind of thing that he was going through. And, um, you know, there, there are lots of questions about somebody who would do that, that kind of psyche of... Um, almost hypnotizing himself. Oh, yeah,
1: but a, a lot state. of people, Donna, will sit at a slot machine. I, I mean, I see people like that all the time, you know, putting in you know their coins and things right. like that, and they would never go out and kill 57 no, people or he, one.
0: Exactly. And when he was out, he was out there and in, in shooting ranges with uh, um, high-power weapons. So he had that going for him. He, but, you know... Uh, to, we've never seen the FBI uh behavioral science reports. They've never made, been made public about what they think about him. That's what I want to read about, because I don't care what the Vegas cops want to say to cover up the case and to make us not look at the airport, McLaren, look at the concert goers. That's where his wrath was. No, his wrath was divided. So um, who knows what set him off there. He did work for um, Lockheed at some point, and, you know, maybe there's some link there. I would love to know. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.